villains got that. The natives went the neighbor then to make a please. It's the hustle for a joint when you settlement cheese. But we still be on the wax because it acts like that. We still be on the moves because it moves like that. So there ain't no reason it don't stop. Cause we can bring it back to the beat
thing I want to say is mandate my ass. Because it seems as though we've been convinced that 26% of the registered voters, not even 26% of the American people, but 26% of the registered voters form a mandate or a landslide. 21% voted for Skippy and 3-4% voted for somebody else who might have been running. But oh yeah, I remember in this year that we have now declared the year from Shogun to Raygun. I remember what I said about Raygun. Minute. Acted like an actor. Hollywood. Acted like a liberal. Acted like General Franco when he acted like governor of California. Then he acted like a Republican. Then he acted like somebody was going to vote for him for president. And now we act like 26% of the registered voters is actually a mandate. We're all actors in this, I suppose. What has happened is that in the last 20 years, America has changed from a producer to a consumer. And all consumers know that when the producer names the tune, the consumer has got to dance. The way it is. We used to be a producer very inflexible at that and now we are consumers and finding it difficult to understand natural resources and minerals will change your world the Arabs used to be in the third world they have bought the second world and put a firm down payment on the first one controlling your resources will control your world this country has been surprised by the way the world looks now they don't know if they want to be Matt Dillon or Bob Dillon. They don't know if they want to be diplomats or continue the same policy of nuclear nightmare diplomacy. John Foster Dulles ain't nothing but the name of an airport now. The idea concerns the fact that this country wants nostalgia. They want to go back as far as they can, even if it's only as far as last week. Not to face now or tomorrow, but to face backwards. And yesterday was the day of our cinema heroes riding to the rescue at the last possible moment. The day of the man in the white hat or the man on the white horse. Or the man who always came to save America at the last moment. Someone always came to save America at the last moment. Especially in B-movies. And when America found itself having a hard time facing the future, they looked for people like John Wayne. But since John Wayne was no longer available, they settled for Ronald Reagan. And it has placed us in a situation that we can only look at like a B-movie. Come with us back to those inglorious days when heroes were fair or square when the cavalry came straight away and all American men were like Hemingway to the days of the wondrous B-movie. The producer underwritten by all the millionaires necessary will be cast with the defensive wine No more animated shorts is available. The director will be Attila the Hague running around frantically declaring himself I'm gonna go, 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 I'm g
www.blackplasticmutyradio.fm
Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise. You're here, 8.20 p.m., Pamtastic's Clamity Clubhouse. Yes, make some noise for yourselves out here. On a Friday night, you could be doing anything with your life. You could be getting laid right now, and instead you're here with me, where there's no possibility of that happening. Guys, uh, I made that weird. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, for the listeners at home, I know you can't see this, but it is packed to the brim. It is... <laughs> Fuck, it is so dense, I can barely move. I'm just standing, I'm like doing a motion, but you can't see that either. But I'm very tightly packed in here. Um, I'm Vishal Cal, I'll be your host for this evening. Uh, this is gonna be a very special show. It's gonna be so much fun. We have some of the best and brightest comedians in the Bay Area here. It's gonna be so great. Um, I got no other things I wanna tell you, so let's dive right into it, baby. Yeah, make some noise one time. Let's get to know each other a little bit, guys. Let's get to know each other a little bit. When I say my name, you say your name, Vishal. Vishal. I did not think that through. That did not work out as I intended it to, but maybe I got some of your names, so we'll see. In the meantime, let's get to know me. Guys, I'm an Indian comic, uh, but don't worry. My parents, super proud of me, because this is one of the three options they gave me. They were like, Vishal, you can be a doctor, a lawyer, or a disappointment. <laughs> that joke was for the people who haven't heard it before. <laughs> uh, so my full name is actually Vishal Kalyana Syndrome, y'all. And uh, if you want to know how to spell that long fucking name, uh, I do too. I can't seem to figure it out. Whenever I tell people my name, it's so long, they always try to say it back to me. It's so annoying. They do this thing. They're like, Kaliyana Sundaram. Kaliyana Sundaram. It was so annoying, and I had to tell people to stop because I am sure that that is how you summon a Hindu demon. That is <laughs> the Kali Ma chant right there. And I don't, if it works, I don't want to have to deal with that. People always want to know what their name means, right? And so I asked my mom uh, what my name meant. She was like, Vishal, does a name have to mean something? Uh? Does John mean something? Does Jesse Mundy mean something? I don't know how she knew Jesse. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess not, Mom. But I just Googled my name. And it says that Vishal means big, broad, huge, immense. And she was like, Okay, you had a fat baby. <laughs> Didn't think you'd find out. Hey, potential audience members, why don't you come on in? So, yeah, free comedy show in the mission. Get on in here. Yes, this will be so much fun. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of the set. There's some great comedy going on right here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know what? <laughs> if you can tell about me. Uh, I am Indian, guys, and what that means is white people keep trying to tell me about turmeric. They're all like... <laughs> Vishal, have you heard of turmeric? Have you tried turmeric? They got it at Pete's. They put it in their chai lattes. Turmeric, have you heard of it? And I'm like, thanks for the tip, Mackenzie. By the way, have you heard of this spice called mayonnaise? <laughs> that one's an old one, and it's not that good one. <laughs> Um, but I am from India, guys. I was born there. Uh, yo, I just had two friends go to India to find themselves. Uh, yes, you are correctly picturing white people. You know how they do. And they were talking about their authentic Indian experience at five-star hotels and spas. 
that is hashtag not my India. <laughs> the India that I'm from, uh, terrible, terrible roads. People live in these tiny cramped spaces and there is poop everywhere, which now that I think about it is just San Francisco. That's, it's just San Francisco with better Indian food, with better Indian food, might I add. I do live in San Francisco now, guys, which is probably why I feel so at home here. And <laughs> living in uh, San Francisco, I will often, often, often step in gentrification. <laughs> the worst part is like the watered down restaurants that pop up. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like I'll give you an example of a place I hate called Tacolicious. Fuck Tacolicious. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. What? <laughs> Fuck those earrings. <laughs> whitewashed earrings. No, okay. Here's what I hate about Tacolicious. First of all, that is not an authentic Mexican name, right? You know what would be? El Tacolicious. <laughs> also, every time I walk past them, they're playing Vampire Weekend. That is not taco music, okay? When I eat Mexican food, I want a mariachi band in my face, and I don't want them to leave until I tip, which I never will. Tacolicious, man. This place, vaguely Hispanic, but made for white people. It's the Marco Rubio of tacos. Pause for laughter. <laughs> I don't want those Republican tacos, man. I want free the nip tacos. <laughs> Should I switch it up? Have you guys heard my entire set before? <laughs> yes, <no. laughs> um, okay, let's move on to some new shit. Guys, um, people comment about my vibe a lot. They tell me that it's a funny rom-com sidekick. I don't see that at all. And so I tell those assholes, go get her back, bud. What are you still doing here? I know she's the one for you. Uh, I have been trying to date. It's been really hard for me to find the right person, y'all. And that is ridiculous because it's not like I have any requirements at all. Just one. Be Beyonce. <laughs> Be Beyonce. Come into the show. We're killing it. We're having a great time, man. Come on, get in here. Audience members. Audience members. This is great. So I have, I, I, I switched it up. I tried online dating, which uh, people complain about, but I love it because Tinder figured out that I, I'm only into Russian hackers. And I get, <laughs> and I get off to stock photo watermarks. And it's great. I talk to these girls and they flirt with me. They're like, uh, you're the hottest single in your area. And I tell them cute things back like my mother's maiden name and my social security number. I'm winning them back with my one fan. The one guy who hasn't heard my jokes. Uh, <laughs> um, so I am trying to be a better feminist. Though. I'm trying to be a better feminist. Uh, so I took an online uh, gender studies class, you guys. Yeah, you can clap for that shit. You can clap for it. Thank you. Uh, I just watched the Beyonce Coachella documentary. It's great. I learned so much. Uh, the The whole class was pretty short, but I was just on Netflix the whole time. But uh, it's important that I talk about being a feminist on stage, you guys, uh, so that people will want to sleep with me. How much more time I got up here, Jesse? <laughs> I'll run this fucking light, dude. I'm gonna <laughs> hold you guys hostage. All right, I'll do like, I'll do two more jokes. Audience, woo, come in, yeah! 
Great comedy. Oh, perfect. My, my people. Yeah, come in here. Yeah. Please take a seat. Take a seat. Take a seat. Take a seat. <laughs> all right. Yo, have you guys, have you, have, do you all know what 23andMe is? Have you heard of it? You've heard of it? Are you guys? Yeah, some shit like that. Yo, are you guys fucking tired of hearing about 23andMe though? Yeah, it's bullshit. You know what it is? It is a genetic testing service that just lets white people upgrade to minority for free. What is that? White people are just trying to find out that they're 1% interesting, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's fu it, like Asian people, we know what we are, right? Like we know what we are, guys. Like 100% Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked a lot. Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, white people, y'all went and gentrified being a minority too. Uh, I will end on this, guys. I will try to make amends for everything that I've said against white people by saying, I'll extend an olive branch. Marty, y'all can take our shit, man. White people, y'all can take our shit. Yeah, you have. <laughs> All right, but it should be, okay, what if, what if it was a trade, dude? What if it was a trade? All right, here's my proposal. You ready? You can have fucking yoga. You already took yoga and give us back Priyanka Chopra already. Do you guys know Priyanka Chopra? Are we all familiar? All right. Yeah, right? Yeah, she got abducted by a white. She got abducted. She married uh, Nick Jonas. Not even the best Jonas, right? It's, uh, it's obviously Kevin. <laughs> Fucking Jonas brother fight. All right, I'll try to put it in terms that you people can understand. Excuse me, sir. Who do you think is like the most attractive white actress? Scarlett Johansson, I heard that too. That'd be like if Scarlett Johansson was fucking Raj from the Big Bang Theory. That'd be like if Scarlett Johansson was fucking Mowgli from the Jungle Book. That'd be like if, Scar I'm gonna keep running punchlines <laughs> until you laugh at one. That'd be like if Scarlett Johansson was fucking this other popular Indian in American culture that I can't think of on the spot right now. There aren't, Dev Patel? What will make you people happy? <laughs> anyway, that's been my set. Thank you, thank you. I've been Vishal Cow. Uh, I went for 10 minutes, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was amazing. Uh, this was really fun. Thank you guys so much for coming around here. We have some amazing comedians lined up. Uh, up first, we have... We have... I should look at this. Okay, up first, we have... Oh, my God. I love this person so much. See, she is so amazing. Really good friend of mine. Uh, love her to death. Every time I talk to her, uh, we both end up turning into gay men. And I don't know... <laughs> Yeah, get, all right. <laughs> Give it up for the very taco-licious Sarah Ranny, everybody. So you can probably tell a lot about me by the fact that I'm wearing overalls in my 30s. Um, thank you, so brave. Uh, <laughs> and uh, recently, and this is absolutely true, I sprained my neck trying to get out of a denim romper. Men, do you know what a romper is? Yep. It's, a, it's a jumpsuit if it was shorts, and you have to get completely naked to pee. And to get out of it, if it's denim, it doesn't like stretch, uh, so you have to sprain your neck 
in order to shimmy out. Um, and I think that was my body's way of telling me that I'm too old to wear rompers. <laughs> so now we know. Um, I'm working on myself lately. Uh, anybody else unhappy with who they are as people? <laughs> uh, but it feels like an uphill battle, right? Because whenever I eat a ton of garbage, it's like, make better choices, Sarah, right? Okay. But when a sea turtle eats a ton of garbage, it's still, make better choices, Sarah. That feels unfair. Because <laughs> yes, I did order all that food on Postmates. I did not ask for seven plastic forks. You know, that one's not on me, guys. <laughs> um, uh, kids are dumb. <laughs> kids are dumb. They don't know shit. Uh, I know this because I remember some of my dumb kid thoughts. Uh, like, I thought women had their lungs on the outside of their body. <laughs> I did, and it's because I saw a drawing of lungs, and that is what my mother's boobs looked like. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> uh, pure comedy right from the source, my stupid brain. Uh, kids are dumb, and we have to protect them from themselves, right? We have to protect them, sir. Do you protect the children? For sure. I believe you. <laughs> uh, and that's why, like, have you guys heard of the Kinder Surprise? Are we familiar? Um, for those who aren't, Kinder Surprise, chocolate egg wrapped in foil and inside of it is a choking hazard. <laughs> So it's illegal here um, because children don't know the difference between chocolate and a plastic toy. That's how bad our chocolate is. <laughs> uh, and that's fine, I get it, protect the kids from themselves. But if we're banning the Kinder Surprise, why are we still putting engagement rings in dessert? <laughs> that's the same thing. <laughs> Except at least with the Kinder Surprise, you know there's gonna be something in there. Right? And people aren't just installing it covertly when their date's in the bathroom. No, it is installed by restaurant staff. Restaurant staff, industry professionals will install your ring right in the cake. You know, it brings a whole new meaning to uh, accessory to murder. <laughs> Very literal meaning. Uh, dope, you guys love that joke. Great. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just jaded because nobody's ever tried to murder me. <laughs> Um, yet. But there's hope. There's hope. I'm on Tinder because I have hope. Oh my God, what? She's so brave. <laughs> I know. Um, and you guys have probably heard women get a lot of weird messages on Tinder, right? But I feel like the messages I get aren't like normal weird. Like I recently had a guy try to sell me life insurance. <laughs> you guys have all heard my jokes. The rest of you, please laugh. <laughs> Uh, recently I had a guy try to sell me life insurance and you know I'm on tinder I don't have beneficiaries try Ashley Madison right sir where they have families and a lot to make up for just alienate our two audience members um, <laughs> cool but here's the thing like the fastest way to drive a man away do you guys know it honesty Honesty, it's the fastest way to drive a man away. And that's why whenever I'm walking down the street and a man's like, why don't you smile more? I always yell back, clinical depression. <laughs> it works every time. They lose interest immediately. But here's the thing, at least they had interest. <laughs> um, do you ever have that thought, ladies, in like a moment of just like true desperation? You're like, what if that cat collar was my soulmate? <laughs> 
and just never gave him a chance. No, my life's just way sadder. Got it. <laughs> Dope. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, I don't catcall. It's the fucking worst. It's the worst. Do you catcall? Yeah, you. No? Good choice. Do you catcall, sir? Never ever. Ooh, the ever really validates it. I like it. Um, uh, you shouldn't, but I do dog call. I dog call like all the time. And what I mean by that is I treat women or I treat dogs on the street the same way men treat women. You know, I feel entitled to their attention. I force eye contact on them. I touch them without their consent. I, uh, I shout lewd comments about their physical appearance. <laughs> I have never seen a corgi and not been like, damn, look at that booty. And it's worse too, right? Because while women are yelled at while we're commuting, the dogs are technically in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, that's a whole new level of stage fright. Imagine that. Imagine you're trying to take a shit. And some stranger comes busting in and is like, look at you, you little chunk. <laughs> now you can't go because you're self-conscious about your body. <laughs> I think that's why dogs don't talk. It's the same reason women wear headphones. So we can just ignore it. <laughs> I love dogs. I love dogs. Um, but I don't have one and I don't have a dog for the same reason I don't own silk blouses, you know, hand wash only. You put it in the washing machine once and it's ruined. I don't know. Oh, you all hate that. You think I wash dogs. <laughs> I do. That's why I can't have them. Uh, cool. So I watched the news by accident the other day. That was traumatic. Anybody else watch the news sometimes? Uh, turns out our president is blaming mass shootings on mental illness. Yeah, did you not see that? Yeah, don't watch the news. Uh, it was especially troubling for me because I am mentally ill. Yay, <laughs> that's why we're all here. Um, and the thing is, I've never killed anybody and I would argue my mental illness is the reason I've never killed anybody. Right, I have anxiety. That means I think everything through, like too much. You know, I get stress diarrhea about sending a text message. I can't take a life. And that depressed guy, he's not getting out of bed. And if he kills someone, it's probably not other people. <laughs> it's not my opinion, that's just data. <laughs> Um, and mental illness takes many forms, I get that, but none of them has ever been white supremacy. Can we all agree on that? Pandering. <laughs> but it's going to be really, you know, jarring for our president after he's been like demonizing this already marginalized group of people when he realizes he's one of us and we're not going to take him. Don't worry, you guys. Um, I'm in therapy. <laughs> Right? Thank God I'm in therapy. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, therapy is where you pay $125 to be able to answer the question, how are you, honestly? Um, I also see a psychic, though, because I can use all the help I can get. Uh, and if you think about it, they do roughly the same thing, you know, right? You're laughing. You're like, of course they don't. That's crazy. Uh, they do roughly the same thing. They both force me to think about what I want out of life, you know, and how I'm going to get there. And they both charge $125. <laughs> 
but the psychic can talk to dead people, <laughs> you know, and uh, your girl loves a bargain. <laughs> Um, the dead people I want him to talk to are my parents. <laughs> That's right, my parents are dead. <laughs> oh no, don't worry, I've known for a long time. <laughs> I know you guys in the room is just finding out. Um, I'm sorry for your loss. It's hard for me to tell people my parents are dead, and this is why, right? Like, people get weird. I'm saddled with all this sympathy I don't want, and then I end up comforting them <laughs> about the death of my parents. <laughs> and then it's actually downhill from there, because there's a follow-up question. Everybody? How did they die? You can ask it. It's okay. Um, how did they die? <laughs> Here's my question. What answer can I possibly give that's going to make it less weird? <laughs> Look at me. It wasn't old age. <laughs> now you're all wondering the same thing in like extreme tension. Huh? Did I kill them? Is that your concern right now? Did I put them in the wash with the dogs? <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, I think it's important to maintain a sense of mystery in any relationship, Marty. Uh, but I will give you this. Uh, I lost my parents the way you lose socks, one at a time. <laughs> I love that joke. OK, so I want you to know, if you're uncomfortable right now, that's about you. <laughs> I'm well adjusted, like a comedian. He just found out how my parents died. <laughs> uh, it comes up a lot in dating, right? Guys will ask a totally normal question, like, how do your parents, or where do your parents live? You know? And I know I just can't say they don't. <laughs> uh, the good news is in the last year, but two guys I've dated have responded to learning about the death of my parents with, well, at least I don't have to worry about meeting them. Right? And to a normal person, giant red flag. <laughs> but my messed up, unparented brain was like, finally! <laughs> a guy who gets my sense of humor. <laughs> my dad would love him. Oh, boy. There, it's not all bad, though. There are some perks to having dead parents, right? Like, they'll never get divorced. They took that till death do us part thing very seriously. Um, oh, so tense. Do you guys have divorced parents? Is that what's happening here? Don't worry, I've got a solution. <laughs> uh, they'll never beg me for grandchildren. That's not going on in my life. I can do whatever I want. Uh, and I don't have to worry about disappointing them. I already know that I do. <laughs> because people tell me. I was having a conversation with my uncle about politics the other day, and he was like, your father is rolling over in his grave. <laughs> it's messed up, right? Because he was cremated. <laughs> Have you never heard that joke, Michelle? That's my favorite. <laughs> um, I didn't say this earlier, but I'm crazy. I'm crazy. And I love the word crazy, but people don't like it when I say that, you know? I get a lot of, no, you're not crazy. But mentally ill is such a bummer, right? Like mentally ill, you think you're worried about me, right? You think I'm going to do a shooting. <laughs> But crazy, it's fun. It has whimsy. I say I'm crazy. You want to sleep with me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It's fun. And uh, people police the word crazy when I use it to describe my mental health, but never when I use it to describe how many calories they ate that day. <laughs> you know? I can't believe I ate three donuts. God, Deborah, that is mentally ill. It doesn't work. All I'm saying is if a, if a straw can be so can I. <laughs> You know, uh, dead parents and all. Everyone's so worried. I'm great. I brought friends. <laughs> uh, you guys worried about sex robots? Sex robots? Robots for fucking? You worried, Marty? You look pretty worried. <laughs> uh, I am. And here's why. Not for the same reasons as Marty. <laughs> Uh, I'm worried about sex robots. Uh, are you are you guys millennials? We're all millennials in this room, right? No, not you, right? So. Don't worry, you're in this joke too, just a different part. Uh, we're millennials, so we are default tech support to every older member of our immediate family, right? So suddenly, you're not just helping dad download Candy Crush from the app store. <laughs> you're doing a factory reset on his crush candy. It's basically just a flashlight that can make eye contact. But uh, I'm not worried about me in this scenario. I don't have parents. <laughs> you guys, though. Good luck. All right, that's all I have for you. I'm Sarah Randy. Give it up for your host, Vishal Cow. Sweet angel. Oh, my God. The very taco-licious Sarah Randy. Give it up one more time for her. Yes. Yes, and make some noise for your next comic. Oh my God, what a guy right here. What a guy. I, I wish I could describe him in, but you know what? You know how I'm gonna describe him? It only takes three letters to describe him, and that is via his name, Dan. Aginaga, everybody, Dan Aginaga. Give it up for your adorable host, Vishal, everyone. Isn't he fucking cute? He uh, he said you guys saw him move over to next to me just now. He was like, "How should I bring you up? <laughs> Look where the fuck we are, man. <laughs> Gives a fucking shit. Everyone's a nobody here." Uh, well, it's true. You know, we're just all hanging around. Marty Cunny's working on the Marty Cunny brand. <laughs> posting, posting, toasting. That's Marty Cunny. I like your energy, sir. Very enthusiastic. <laughs> No, you strike me as an extrovert. You, you strike me as one of those people who uh, claps when your flight lands. <laughs> Are you one of those people? No, good for you. I, that's, I hate those people. Why do they do that? You know what I mean? Like, I know why. They do it because they're, they survived the flight, right? They're happy to be alive. But all they're really doing is making me upset that they're not dead. It just confuses me. The pilot cannot hear you. <laughs> That's why it's ridiculous. Clapping for someone who can't hear you kind of defeats the purpose of clapping. You know, it's like giving Stevie Wonder a thumbs up. You know? <laughs> Message not received. Message will not be received. I actually had a friend who made a sign for a Stevie Wonder concert. Same deal. Like, nope. Like, he's not going to see it, buddy. Sorry. Maybe his drummer will tell him. I don't know. Anywho, clapping on planes is fun. If I was the pilot, I'd be pissed off if I landed a plane and that was the, the part that everyone clapped for. That's the easiest part. I've been doing this for years. Like, at least let me do a wheelie on the runway or uh, some donuts. <laughs> so stupid of a joke. 
It's so stupid. No, it is. But like people clapping on fl uh, flights is weird. Clapping after a movie is weird. You know when you're in a movie theater and people will clap like they're at like Cannes Movie Festival? I've never seen anyone clap after an in-flight movie. That would like make my head explode. <laughs> I think I'd have to pull the emergency door after that one. Anyways, good to be at Mutiny Radio. Uh, comedy is fun, you know what I mean? Comedy is a good time. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll deal with our nerves. And I was talking to my wife, I texted her, I was like, hey, like I'm a little nervous before this show. Do you have any, like, just like, can you tell me something? She goes, yeah, uh, don't be a pussy. That's literally what she said. And then she followed it up with, she has this alias for me now, which she likes to call Single Dan. She's like, I want you to be Single Dan when you're up there. What happened to all that confidence, Single Dan? So I guess what she means is, uh, for the next 10 minutes, I can try to fuck anyone I want. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was going to do well. <laughs> well, I was going to like start flirting with you and stuff like that. You know, and Don't mind this, by the way. This is just a mood ring. <laughs> I'm very sensitive. Not like Chris Brown sensitive, like just normal sensitive, you know? Yeah. Now I'm a sensitive guy, or as my wife puts it, little bitch. Um, I love it that my wife gives me shit though. I need someone to bust my balls for me to like not be a douchebag. Cause I was like, if you look at my resume, like I, you would think I was a douchebag. Like grew up on the Upper East Side, had a mother that was like very doting, told me I was special all the time. Like I need someone to tell me like, you're not special. Your dick is medium. Like, like you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like, <sighs> I don't know, man. Like I, I, I think I owe it to her that I'm not, like it's already bad enough I have this resting rich face. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like I covered up with pubes, but you can see it, right? Like, like I look like the type of person who knows the difference between racquetball and squash. Like I just, I do, and I do actually. <laughs> um, it's funny enough. Um, racquetball is a racket sport play, played by very rich white men, and squash is played uh, by very rich white men, uh, but they hate Mexicans. Yeah, the ball is also squishier. It's a preppier fucking sport, Marty. Don't give me that look. God damn it. It's a Republican racquetball. <laughs> All right, let's, what, what, can we, what can we talk about here? Um, I don't know. I owe myself to not being a douchebag to my wife, but also my high school bully. I do, because I think high school bullies get a bad rap. They, they basically make you feel struggle, and I think struggle is a good thing for a human to experience. And with struggle, you start to feel empathy. Right? I think that's like a normal side effect of struggle. So I've always believed that uh, kids who used to be bullied would usually grow up to be like decent adults. And then I moved to San Francisco. <laughs> and they proved that theory wrong. Uh, people who got wedgies are turned into dickheads. <laughs> Vishal. <laughs> I love how engaged you are, Vishal. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, right? I know what you guys are thinking. Who threw Ashton Kutcher in the dryer, right? <laughs> yeah, I get that vibe. I do. I'm, uh, but I'm unfortunately, um, well, I'm five foot nine, which is average, but if you ask a woman, it's short. And uh, yeah, five nine is an interesting height because we don't really belong to any particular height community. <laughs> you know, like the talls never accepted us. The shorts never accepted us either. Probably because I called them the shorts. <laughs> they don't like that. It was my safety school, though. I fucked it up. Um, yeah, but no, it's just this in-between height. It's weird. Like, there's no sport where 5'9 is the ideal height. You know, like, like tall people have volleyball and basketball. Short people have horses. 
Yeah, five nines is never the ideal height. Unless you count pickup basketball as my 12-year-old cousin, then <laughs> dude's my bitch. Dude's my fucking bitch. Fucking rock his shit. Uh, let's see. I uh, work in advertising. I, I know some people here work in advertising, right? It's a weird business because it's essentially uh, creative people telling, uh, being told what's creative by non-creative people. So it's, a, it's like stand-up. <laughs> Could you imagine? You would have to tell a joke to an audience member and then they like rewrite your joke and then you'd have to tell them again. Be so awful. No offense. <laughs> Cause I'm killing it up here, right? Maybe you should write my jokes. <laughs> uh, no, it's interesting. Um, what I don't like about advertising is I feel like they, it's like fake wokeness. Like a lot of advertisers will like, they're selling product, but they'll be like, yeah, like transgender people. Like, you know what I mean? Like Maybelline just hired Caitlyn Jenner to be their spokesperson. Yeah. They're even changing their slogan to maybe she's born with it. Mm, definitely Maybelline. <laughs> Come on in. I just told the transgender joke. You came just in time. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's a nice, it was a nice one. <laughs> No, but seriously, that, yeah? Yeah, are you from San Francisco originally? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know, I have that douche face. I had a resting rich face joke. Everyone like cracked up, it was great. Yeah. Uh, surprise though, I am, <laughs> I am uh, as white as I look, I'm actually Brazilian. Yeah, or as a lot of Americans put it, Mexican. Nice, made that dude laugh. <laughs> Tight. Yeah, you like Mexican stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the only difference is, though, is uh, you never hear, like, people complain about Brazilians stealing their jobs, you know, unless they play soccer or wax vagina. <laughs> well, rednecks don't really see a lot of vagina unless it's their sisters. <laughs> that one was for me. <laughs> and you, I saw you laughing. Uh, no, so uh, so I'm Brazilian and my wife is Swedish, and uh, we recently decided to pull the goalie. We're gonna actually try to have kids soon. Thank you very much. Uh, and everyone's been super nice, but some people will be really nice, but they'll be like, "Man, Brazilian and a Swede, it's gonna be one good-looking baby." You, you know, we're talking about a baby. <laughs> Babies aren't good-looking. <laughs> Cute and adorable, like no baby's ever been like a contestant on The Bachelorette. You know what I mean? No baby's ever crawled out of a limo. It's like, hello, Hannah B. I'm a baby. I watched you on Colton season. <laughs> I'm a virgin too. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, you don't have to hide your laughter, fuckers. <laughs> Fucking fill it up. I want you to lol. People are insane. The, I, I wish people laughed at comedy clubs like they text. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, hi. <laughs> That's how people text, no? You get like, hi, how are you, LOL? God, that'd be an insane world if everyone just laughed, like, hysterically. Cool, let's move on. <laughs> Went to Rift Town and population zero. Uh, yeah, trying to have a baby. Um, what was it? The, um, I was telling you, oh, yeah, hot-looking baby. Yeah, no good-looking babies. Uh, no, I had another one for that bit. <laughs> I had another one. It was about, uh, oh yeah, no other, you guys are going to love this. Um, no baby has ever been in a, born in a hospital. <laughs> and the mom's like, oh, he's adorable. And then some nurse is like, adorable? He's a fucking smoke show. <laughs> Kidding me? 
He's got a tiny dick, but he'll grow out of it. <laughs> Maybe, they, they don't always do. <laughs> that must be so sad. It's like, it's gonna grow one of these days. Swear to God, having a small dick must be tough. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> real, real insight right there. Um, fuck, I keep going on these weird riff tangents and I forget what I was gonna talk about. Um, but no, having a baby. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, babies are adorable. So you have to say, that's the only like real adjective you say, adorable or cute. Uh, and they are cute. They have a very um, interesting language though, babies. It's a language. I consider it a language because by definition, technically a language is when a large group of people make the same sounds out of their mouth. So baby checks out. Uh, and I know no one understands it, I get that, but you know, no one understands Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean, no, <laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean it's not a real language. It's actually pretty widely spoken. No, but think about it. Just really walk with me here. Um, it's just as arbitrary, like, the sound a baby's making than, like, uh, speaking English. Granted, I'll, I'll give you English has real words with real meanings attached to them, whereas baby is just different volumes of screaming. <laughs> so it's basically like Chinese. <laughs> Oh, they're fine, dude. I have some Chinese friends. It's okay. I could say that. It's okay. My last name sounds Asian. It sounds Japanese. It's Aginaga. That's my last name, Aginaga. It's kind of weird, right? Or Aginaga, if you're, you know, racist. <laughs> Racists love that joke. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it could throw some people off sometimes, uh, having an Asian-sounding last name. Sometimes they'll, they'll expect, like, I'll go in for a job interview, and they'll expect to interview someone Asian. And then they meet me, and they quickly realize they're interviewing someone, you know, stupid. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm not Japanese. I'm Caucasian, which is a very specific type of Asian. <laughs> very specific. And uh, I already told you I'm Brazilian. <laughs> cool. Uh, babies. I was talking about babies. How good was that stuff, right? That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, dating apps, right? Let's get on the dating apps, right? I've never been on a dating app, I can tell you, so I only have one dating app joke. <laughs> uh, it's that I don't know a lot of dating apps. That's the truth. Um, I, uh, I know Tinder. I know Bumble. That's obviously, that's the one where the girl messages the guy for the dick pic. Um, and then there's this one that seems very popular called Coffee Meets Bagel, which I could only assume is for black men trying to meet Jewish women. It's a great joke. <laughs> it is, it's a good joke. Fucking dating apps. I would be so much taller if I was on a dating app. It's not even funny. I'd boost that up to 5'11". Maybe even six feet and if it's boot season. Oh, I love boots. They are, they're like the Spanx for short men. I just fucking just love it. Fucking just a little bit. Uh, papa. Let's listen to that. Good pause, good pause. Uh, let's try some more new shit, why not, right? Uh, okay, so um, I said before that I, I could have been a douchebag and then my wife uh, like kind of brought me down. Another thing is goes when you're bullied, I said that, and I was bullied hardcore in high school, I was. I, I was given the nickname Fetus. 
Yeah, thanks for laughing. The kids liked it too. Uh, and the reason why it was fetus is because I have an enormous head and I had a teeny tiny body. That's why. At first I thought they gave it to me because I was always, you know, like swimming in puss. You know what I mean? <laughs> but no, that wasn't the case. No puss swimming for me. I, uh, I was very tiny and an enormous, like I had trouble with wind. Like it, it sucked. I looked like a Pez dispenser. Except instead of giving out candies, I received punches. <laughs> I know, that's dark. No, but it's, it's, uh, it's weird. I was so weird looking. I was called fetus. You know, we all go through an awkward phase, but this was like a really bad awkward phase, and this is how I know. So uh, I went to a Catholic school, and I was an awkward boy. Awkward boy. Also an altar boy. <laughs> and uh, to answer your question, no, nothing happened. But um, I was an altar boy, and legitimately, no bullshit, the priest at our school ended up being convicted of child molestation. And I worked under him for two years. Yep. Not once did he try to make a move on me. That's how fucking awkward looking I was. <laughs> a pedophile looked at me and was like, <laughs> I'm a monster, but I have standards. Let's take it easy. Bring in Billy, though, when you leave the room. Thanks. <laughs> Should have just left it at that. <laughs> Uh, no, I was picked on, I was called fetus, and the bully that created that nickname was very creative. Uh, sometimes when he was angry at me, he would like pin me up against the locker and he'd be like, listen fetus, stay the fuck out of my way or I'll fucking abort you. Super aggro, right? And also, not his choice to make. <laughs> Alright, if anyone's gonna kill me, it's my mom, so just take it, just be woke if you're gonna beat the shit out of me. Yeah, being bullied, I'm glad I was bullied though. I think it builds character. Um, it's good to be around people. Again, I spent most of my day in my apartment uh, m masturbating, for lack of a better word. Uh, but I decided to switch it up in the porno sphere. I think you guys will be proud of me. I, I jerked off to a, uh, how do I put this in a PC way? Um, black dick white chick, right? Yeah, I, I only jerked off to white dicks before this, which sounds equal parts gay and racist. Um, <laughs> Only white dicks, I don't know why, I've always heard great things about the black penis, uh, never heard a complaint. Um, I'm trying to look for, no, you don't really count. Um, <laughs> I was gonna ask you for advice, but anyways, no, but uh, I feel like they're like five star on Yelp, like you know what I mean? Uh, and I enjoyed it, it was hot, the interracial porn, it was hot because um, it felt forbidden, I was doing it for the first time, it kind of felt forbidden in a way. And even the girl in the video, felt that way too. She was like, I shouldn't be doing this, Tyrone. And I was just like, me, me neither, Tyrone. Mmm, let's sulk that one. <laughs> Maybe lay off the interracial porn shit. No, I don't know, man. I'm just a sicko. I'm sorry. I'm just a sick fuck. It makes me miss the days when I was like 14 and... Oh, you've heard this stuff, Dan, haven't you? No. You don't remember this stuff? Okay, well, it makes me miss the days when I was 14 and all I needed to like get hard was a boob. Like guys, you remember that? Like one boob and you're just like ready to go. Now I just need so much more. You know what I mean? I need like a belt around my neck and a finger in my pucker hole just to, <laughs> just to get a half chub. That's not even a fully. And I, I actually like a good half chub. You know, there's nothing wrong with a good half chub. Hey, guys, because I feel like when you have a half chub, it's like the porn star version of you. Like it looks, it makes your soft dick look big. Relatable. <laughs> Seriously, like, I, I, I don't know. I love that shit. I'm what you would call a grower. We all know what that is, right? That's when you have a penis that teaches patience. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's weird uh, being a grower. It's, it, it's, it's not that bad. It's, uh, when it's hard, it's marriable. And uh, 
When it's soft, it's a little bit more like a white grape. Um, yep, let that soak in for a second. That's a grape pun. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I just wish that Viagra would start making microdose pills for guys like me. Not even to take before sex, just if I wanted to look a little bigger. You know, something I could take before a pool party or maybe like a doctor's appointment or something. No, have you never been to the physician and just been like, God damn it, like I, I got more than this doc, like I promise you. No, no one else wants to impress uh, Dr. Schwartz, that's cool. Ooh, this energy is low, okay. Dude, you're the, you're the enthusiastic plane clapper guy, I need you to like back me up, okay? <laughs> that's about right, It's about right. Marty, how's it going, buddy? Good. Good? How am I doing on time? This feels like fucking forever. <laughs> I think he's like frozen. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry? 15. <laughs> Fuck you, Marty. <laughs> Such a dick. Such an asshole. Uh, I really don't know what else to say. Let's see. Hmm. I feel like I have some stuff in here. Oh, right. Um, remember that time how I said I was like very like douchey looking? Um, sometimes it pushes people to the brain. Like sometimes people just look at my face and they don't like it. They just don't like it. In fact, a lady in Oakland once told me, and I quote, that I give off Stanford rapist vibes. Can you believe that? She thought I went to Stanford. <laughs> Can't even swim. Yeah, being white, being white. I don't know. I think I'm just going to give the fucking time back to the room. Is that, yeah? Cool? Let's do that. All right. Thank you, guys. Dan Aginaga, everybody. Ha! It's bound to catch on quick. All right. And if you hang around, hang around, you know you can't resist. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope you had a good time. That was amazing. One more time for Dan Aginaga, everybody. That was so good. All right, up next, we have the very lovely. Oh, my God, she is going to be so funny. She's amazing. Uh, I want you to make it real nice and loud. For my friend and yours, Charity Pomeroy, everybody. just booking some uh, flights today, and I am really afraid of flying. Is anybody else here really afraid of flying? Is it just me? No. Does anybody hate flying? Like, a lot of people are afraid of flying because you are sealed inside a big metal canister that's hurtling through the air, 30,000 feet, 600 miles per hour, and you have no control over that shit. That is not why I'm afraid of flying. I don't mind that. Whatever. The plane goes down, it goes down. Uh, I am afraid of flying, and it gives me a lot of anxiety because I hate being sealed inside a big metal canister that's hurtling through the air at 30,000 feet, 600 miles per hour, with recycled air that is 100% other people's sneezes and farts. 
I fucking hate that. I am a major germaphobe. So the entire time I am on the flight, all I'm thinking is, I'm just inhaling people's sneezes and farts. Every time uh, somebody sneezes, I can just feel it coming into my body. And of course, you can smell everybody's farts. And I, I hate that. So I really get a lot of anxiety before I, I go on a flight. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the person who's sitting in their seat during a flight, letting loose, making everybody else smell what I ate for dinner last night. So I make sure that I always fart before the flight. And I don't understand why other people don't do this. I make sure that I let loose as I'm walking through first class, crop dusting those motherfuckers because those asshole capitalists can smell my shit. That's true. Uh, and I just head back to seat 23E, and we're good. <laughs> we're good. Um, it is disgusting, though. I mean, you ever go into an airplane bathroom? Nobody? Really? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I try to avoid them. But if you do go into an airplane bathroom, they have those little fold-up seat protectors. Like, what's the point of that? At that point, all of those sneezes and farts have gone into your skin, into your lungs. You are filled with everybody else's germs. You may as well just lick the toilet seat clean at that point. That's what I'm saying. I'm just here to make you feel comfortable. Hope you're enjoying this sneezes and farts. <laughs> it's, it's good. Uh, I don't know if you can tell by that whole bit, uh, I was raised Mormon. <laughs> There's no correlation. <laughs> Anybody here familiar with Mormonism? Like, okay, we've got one. Oh, are you Mormon? You were raised Mormon! Yeah! Awesome. Okay, so you, you understand. Uh, Maybe, I don't know. Um, anybody here seen Book of Mormon the musical? Yeah, I mean, you know everything you need to know about Mormonism. That is spot on. The truth in that musical is uncanny. They really capture it. So um, Mormonism, I love it. I mean, I'm not Mormon anymore, but I love it because it is so weird. And it's so recent. So you can see where it all started and what happened when it was starting up. And it's just so much fun. Mormonism was started by Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith, the prophet. He was a prophet, kind of like Muhammad. The big difference is you can draw Joseph Smith. So that's good. Uh, Joseph Smith had visions from God. And he received revelation, and he shared that revelation with other people. And he received these visions from God through a rock. It was called the seer stone. And it was a rock. And he would, he would see messages and visions from God in this seer stone. Yeah, it's true. You should look it up. And he found this seer stone when he was out digging a well. Okay, actually, he didn't find it. His buddy Will found it, but uh, then when Will wasn't looking, at one point he just took it, and then he was like, oh, I see visions! And he saw his first vision when that happened. He looked into the seer stone, and he was given the first doctrine of Mormonism, which was finders, keepers, losers, weepers. <laughs> he never gave that shit back to Will. So <laughs> a stolen 
Firestone is responsible for all of Mormonism. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Joseph Smith, fun guy. He taught a lot of fun things, and they were really believed up until the last few years, and now the Mormon church is sort of like, okay, you know, we're just going to pretend none of that happened. Um, one of the things that he taught was you cannot get into Mormon heaven unless you are a man who is married to multiple women. So Dan, you're okay. <laughs> You've been married twice, you're getting into heaven. That was the tenet of Mormonism. You have to practice polygamy if you want to get into Mormon heaven. Now when I say Mormon heaven, don't get confused and think some singular place with angels playing harps. Mormon heaven is very complicated. It has multiple levels to it, Mormon heaven does. You have the celestial kingdom, and the celestial kingdom is split into three tiers. So there's the top of that one, the, the middle celestial kingdom, then the lower celestial kingdom. Then you have the terrestrial kingdom, then you have the telestial kingdom. It's very confusing. There's a lot of Mormon heaven, but it is very easy to get into for some people. Here's how you do it. Okay, do you want to go into Mormon heaven? All you have to do is talk to 10 of your dearest friends and family members and get them to buy into what you're telling them. And then get each of them to talk to 10 of their friends and family members and each of them will buy into it. And then they can each talk to 10 of their friends and family members and they'll all buy into it. And then soon you are reaping the wealthes, wealthes, <laughs> the riches, the wealth of Mormonism. It's called wealthes. It's a word. Look it up. I'll write it down and then you can Look it up. So uh, Mormonism is a lot of fun. A um, few other beliefs that they have <laughs> that I just love. And this one's in Book of Mormon Musical. You should know it. According to Mormonism, the Garden of Eden was physically located in the United States of America. Yes, North America is where the Garden of Eden was. And it is a belief that when Jesus Christ comes back to earth, he will reign for a thousand years over the earth. And he will have his headquarters in a temple, a beautiful building that stands on the spot where the Garden of Eden once was in Jackson County, Missouri, because <laughs> that makes sense. And he will reign benevolently from his corner office. That, that's, that's mostly how Mormonism is. Uh, I'm sure he'll even wear the white shirt and tie. <laughs> and he's got to shave that beard. They do not allow beards anymore in Mormonism. It's true. If you want to go to the Mormon University, which is it? Brigham Young, BYU, Brigham Young University, you have to sign a pledge saying you will not sleep with anyone that you're not married to, you will not drink alcohol, you will not smoke, and you will not have a beard. It's going to be very uncomfortable for Jesus when he comes back to Jackson County, Missouri. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun. Uh, so you do have to be... Um, as a man, married to a bunch of different women to get into Mormon heaven, but there are other ways that you can instantly be exalted to Mormon heaven. And one of the ways that you can be instantly exalted to Mormon heaven is to be a Mormon missionary and die on your mission. Woo! 
<laughs> I mean, it's just that easy, you guys. Except you guys are all too old, so well, you're screwed. So you can't do that. You're not getting into a Mormon, a Mormon heaven by dying on your mission. There's another way that you can get into Mormon heaven, though. You can get into Mormon heaven by dying before the age of eight. It's just that easy, you guys. You can, okay, so it's, uh, it's too late for you guys for that, too. You are all fucked. No, no Mormon heaven for you. Uh, another really fun thing uh, that Mormons believe in is um, they believe uh, when you're an adult, you, you get these special undergarments. People call them magical underwear. It's, it's special undergarments that adult Mormons wear, and they're really cool. They're just called garments. Um, and they come in uh, like a little pair of shorts, like jockey shorts with the long legs, and then a t-shirt. But for some people, that is just too much. Like, they don't want to have to put on a pair of shorts and a t-shirt under their clothes. That's just way too much work. So they make a onesie. And you, it's really easy. You just step into it, pull it up, put your arms in, and voila! You're wearing your special undergarments. And you are a good Mormon. Uh, and, and don't worry, even though it is the Mormon version of a romper. You're welcome, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it takes care of that fatal flaw of a romper because they don't want you getting naked in Mormonism. The onesie has an open crotch. Yes, very hot. So it's, it's kind of like a, a hole in the crotch. It's kind of, it's just what makes it more holy. And that is every Mormon's favorite pun right there. Um, I was very sad when I was little, when I turned eight, by the way. I was like seriously depressed when I turned eight. I was very sad I hadn't died uh, because I wanted to be instantly exalted. I wanted to go to heaven and I thought, oh my gosh. And once you turn eight, then you're totally screwed. You're responsible for everything you do. And I thought I was just this terrible person. Um, but as an adult, I, I think that whole belief is one of the funniest possible beliefs. Here's what I think is the funniest thing. I think it's hilarious that Mormon people are so opposed to abortion. Like, I don't care if you're opposed to abortion. That's fine. That, you be you. You believe whatever you want to believe. But it's hilarious that Mormon people are opposed to abortion because they believe that everybody who dies before the age of eight instantly goes to heaven like they should be popping that shit out every week boom abortion you go to heaven boom you go to heaven boom you go to heaven right so that that's that's something i find uh, pretty darn funny ah <laughs> uh, mormonism so fun so i did go on a mission for those of you who saw book of mormon the musical i was the female version of those missionaries in that musical I did that little ding-dong and converted people to Mormonism, and I still want to call them up now and say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, was just, I was just kidding you. It's not, it's not really true. Uh, I can't do that. But I was, and um, yeah, I went on that mission because I grew up as a Mormon lady, and Mormon ladies have one purpose in Mormonism. You were taught from the time you were small that your whole purpose on this earth 
is to marry a Mormon man and have a lot of babies. So as this Mormon lady, I was supposed to grow up and marry a Mormon man and have a bunch of babies, and I was not attracted to men. And I was so confused. I was like, but I, I just, the whole idea doesn't appeal to me. I'm not into dudes. And I couldn't figure this out as a Mormon. I was like, why am I not attracted to men? I'm supposed to marry them. And, um, and then I just had to finally face it. I, I looked inside myself and I thought, oh, oh, okay. This just means that I am going to die on my Mormon mission. Woo! <laughs> yeah! So I went on that mission and I cried on the plane ride all the way home. <laughs> I failed once again at going to Mormon heaven. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> uh, I failed once again when I came out as gay to my mother a few years later. Yay! Life is so much fun. Speaking of my mother, uh, I had a shitty mom. Anybody else? Anyone else? Yeah, really? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, you have some advantages. Mine's still alive. Uh, yeah, I have a very <laughs> shitty mom. I had. I'm going to say, she has gotten better as she's aged. She's figured some things out, but she was really bad when we were young. And she, she traumatized us. But I can't, as an adult, hold that against her. I really can't, because she was traumatized as a child, and then she traumatized her children. And she didn't know any better. But it's really hit home recently because I adopted two cats. So now I am a mom. Woo! <laughs> I did. I adopted two cats. Um, actually, I adopted a mom cat and her baby. Her kitten. I know. Oh, my God. It's the best. It's the best. So I adopted this mommy cat. And she is such a good mom. She's a fucking cat, and she was better than my mom. She teaches her little kitten everything. She has shown him how to use the litter box. He has never gone outside of it. She has shown him, do not scratch the couch. He scratches on the scratching post because his mom taught him that. She is such a good mom. I love her so much. Um, yeah, and he loves her. He is so happy. Like, I have never seen such a happy kitten. So I'm going to get rid of the mom. Because uh, i got to pass down this trauma to somebody. <laughs> it's going to be him. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really lovely person. OK, I'm going to leave you with this. Um, I like to uh, shit on myself a lot. I like to uh, tell people how bad I am and how awful I am. And I, I like to tell myself that all the time. And, um, and I realized recently that another thing that happened when I was growing up happens to a lot of women. We are constantly told that we need to compare ourselves to other women. So we're guys. Guys are always told that they're supposed to compare themselves to other guys, but it's different. Here's how it's different. As women, we are told that we need to compare our weaknesses to other women's strengths. Ooh, look at how great her body looks, and look at yours. Look at how great she is at everything she does, and how shitty you are in comparison. Guys, you somehow are taught to compare your strengths to other dudes' weaknesses. 
And that's why you have so many dudes who are so amazed at everything they do and thinking that they're geniuses because there's one thing they do well. You have women who do millions of things pretty well or really well, and they're still second-guessing themselves. So I, I am out to change the world. I am out to tell every woman, stop comparing your weaknesses to other women's strengths. And men, start. All right, that's my time. Everybody, I love you. Give it up for Michelle. One more time for charity, everyone. That was amazing. Yes. So fascinating. I learned so much. That was great. Y'all, we're down to our final two comedians. Are we feeling good still? Are we having a good time? Yeah? We got some great comics coming up. All right, up next we have, oh my God, you are going to love this guy so much. This is one of San Francisco's best comedians, y'all. This is one of San Francisco's most well-dressed comedians, y'all. This is one of San Francisco's mustachioed comedians. Make it nice and loud for Marty Connie, everyone. Marty. Set. That's how fucking good this is gonna be, guys. Oh yeah, guys. I'm already. I uh, I am enjoying the mustache because uh, I got a girlfriend. So you know it's serious. When I grow this shit out, you know it's going well. Cause this is me just telling everyone else, fuck off. It's like if you don't have drugs, leave me alone. This is what the mustache says. The mustache or sweatpants for the face. It just lets everyone know you don't have to deal with their shit anymore. You're not. They're not your problem, and you're not their problem. I think that's just a statement to make. I am doing the thing where you hide the mustache and stubble, though. This is a camo mustache. It's not a bold. It's not as bold as going like the fully uh, smooth face and mustache, but that's that gets to be too much. I get. I've had the cops calling me a lot for being in too, too close to schools with that look, and I'm only kind of joking about that, guys. Uh, what else is going on with me? Um, uh, well, I turned 30 this year, which is cool. Thanks, guys. Uh, 30's cool, although uh, people say things to you when you turn 30, like, uh, don't you feel like you got to get your shit together? <sighs> Awfully subtle way of saying, hey, it seems like you don't have your shit together quite yet. Thank you, Mom. But I... I'm not too worried. I was talking to my older brother the other night. He's one with his shit together in the family. I asked him what time it was. He checked his watch, and he spilled his beer on his son. So, not too worried. You know, I don't have an IPA-flavored baby running around. Mom, you could fuck off. All right? People say things when you get uh, when you turn 30, like, uh, don't you feel like you're getting older? And for me, not really, because I'm finally starting to look my age. You know? Stuff looked like this. Since I was 14 years old. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, that's cool, man. You looked like a, that's cool. You looked like a mature young man in high school. You probably were a big hit with the ladies. And I'm like, I don't think you were listening. I didn't say I looked like a mature young man in high school. I said I looked like this in high school. Mustache and lost and found dress and all. Like, seriously, like a lot of PTA meetings, like, what the fuck is this substitute teacher doing and hanging out with the freshmen all day uh see if we're gonna like teach a class or he's just gonna keep trying to sell them weed is that is that what's going on here yeah i mean it's a lot less of a 21 jump street look a lot more of a billy madison look i've got going on yeah it's hard talking to freshman girls in high school when it looks like you're not legally allowed within 300 feet 
of a high school. That's what's going on with me. Uh, and it's not really gotten a whole lot better since I've gotten older. Uh, this girl came up to me in a bar the other night and hold your applause. And, um, girl comes up to me and she says, Hey, I think I saw you on Tinder. I was like, cool. I guess rejecting me in private wasn't good enough. And <laughs> <laughs> to come up and do it in my fucking face. Holy shit. I thought that was the whole point of this app was to avoid this interaction. Right? Like she was swiping through at home and got through me and was like, wait, 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 wait. No, he needs to know. Like, <laughs> fuck did I do to you? And I like was about to say something to her. She's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're that really racist looking guy. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I get where she's coming from. I do look like, you know, I know my way around a hard R. You know, I got that look about me. And, uh, which is not a good look. Like, I consider myself a progressive person. Uh, we had pro-immigration crowd in the house, yeah? One or two. All right, good. Strong support in the house for immigration, uh, which is a problem because I look like I'm not, you know? Like, I look like I, you know, have like a MAGA beanie or something. I don't know. <laughs> but the... Uh, it's tough because like people with this look when I look like this like people just come up to me and say the wildest shit like this guy came up to me in a bar and he just out of nowhere like I'm watching because like Fox News or something was on the TV and there's some kind of immigration report and the guy comes up to me and he goes yeah you know what I don't like it buddy I hate it when these people come here they're so un-American they come here uninvited they take our good blue collar jobs and they rape and they murder uh, he didn't have an accent that's just how I remember it as Hard to say that sentence without a little twang, you know? But I had to be to the I had to say to the guy, like, listen, man, don't you know there's nothing more American than going somewhere you're not invited and raping and murdering everyone there. So you can do farm work. Bitch, we live in California. I don't know how you think we got here, alright? The only thing the current immigrants are forgetting to do is you gotta say manifest destiny first, right? It's like the no homo of territorial expansion, right? It's Awkward if you don't say it. You got to turn that blow job into a bro job. Am I right, guys? Okay. Yeah. That reminds me of something I saw the other night. I was at a party, and uh, it was like a costume party, and there's this really cute black chick there, and she she was wearing like a sexy cop outfit, and she was getting wild. She took a fifth of whiskey and punched another black guy in the face, called him the N-word. I was like, whoa, miss, I'm Irish. That's our thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My culture is not a costume, all right? This is 2019, all right? I will not stand for a cultural appropriation, not in my city, all right? <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, it, but that, the girl in the bar ended up uh, talking to her for a while. This is way back uh, before the girlfriend. So I'm not a real piece of shit, guys. But... Uh, Ended up getting her number, and she goes, uh, and the next night, she actually asked me for a dick pic. What? <laughs> I did not know that girls could ask for dick pics. <laughs> I thought we just sent them out and hope for the best, you know? Like handing out concert flyers after a show, just not even looking, you know? Just hoping someone hangs on to one, maybe takes a look, maybe comes, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> But I kind of freaked out a little bit because I realized I um, I don't really know how to take a dick pic. Uh, non non comic people here, we got any dick pic centers in the house? I guess is we got two here. Do you guys, either of you guys? Will you gonna cop to it? Either want to cop to sending dick pics ever? Yeah, yeah, right. It's confusing. Have you? You in the set? Oh wow. 
Statistically speaking, that's not true, but my girlfriend got one from her DoorDash driver, all right? Men are trash, okay? You never even take like a rough draft just for you? Just, <laughs> no, I, 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 ladies, have you received dick pics ever in your life? Uh, requested or not, requested or not. So uh, what is the, the best dick pic you've ever seen? How was it taken? Mirror? Yeah, you said you had a mirror guy. That just makes me feel like a serial killer. <laughs> like, this is what you're going to get. Like, that's, that's a weird fucking look. That's some, like, goodbye horses shit. Like, I'm about to tuck it back and put on a lady coat. You know? Like, that's not that's not a good look. But I, could, I still couldn't figure out my angle. Like, I was trying to take one from up here. Oof. Bad news. Got that spare tire all covered in hair right there. No, one's, no one wants to see rolling hills on the way to the Washington Monument. You know? That's... It's a bad look. Uh, I tried taking one from the side. I don't know if you can see how big my ass is in these sweats, but um, if your dick doesn't go out farther than your ass does on the other side, don't take it from the side, oh yeah? <laughs> Just looked like an elephant seal's head. It was gross. Uh, <laughs> tried taking one from the bottom, which is a tough way to realize how short your arms are. She's like... Just like half a dick and then like me. <laughs> She's like, what is this? It's like, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> but I want to get that bottom angle, you know? I want to get that extra inch and a half between the dick and balls, pad the resume up a little bit, you know? Uh, it's, a, it's an important angle. So I did what any self-respecting young college-educated man would do. That's right, I got a selfie stick. Got that selfie stick. <laughs> got down there, took the shot. I was pretty happy with it, honestly. Uh, about to hit send until I saw something that just burned into my brain forever. I, uh, I saw this. A photobomb, my own dick pic. Just my dumb little face in the background there. Hello. Burned into my brain forever. Deleted the picture, sent her someone else's dick like a gentleman. Uh, <laughs> she's like, why is it black? I was like, I'm Italian. She's like, what? And now we can never meet. <laughs> Don't send dick pics. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. What, uh, that's, that's all the material I want to do. Let's, let's, let's fuck around for a little bit. What, buddy, thanks for coming out. Thanks for walking in off the street. Do you, have you ever been here before? No, no. Cool, man. We do this every Friday night. It's a lot of fun. We do open mics and shit here. A lot of comedy happens. Do you live in the neighborhood? Dolores Park. Hell yeah. Oh, you saw it? That's what brought you here? Well, if you saw it, that means you get to take a shot at me, so. <laughs> no, no, that, that would have been a different video if that was me. <laughs> no, no, that's wild, though, you know? That's, that's I mean, I, it's funny because the best part about that video was that immediately became the talk of the town, and like, cause like the Bay Area community, the economy community, comedy community is pretty close, right? We all, what, sorry? Yes, it is. Well, this is also a, a, for the communists and anarchists here, too. So an, an intersection here. But the uh, so that instantly went on like, you know, it spread like wildfire. Everyone was talking about it. And then once it got on World Star Hip Hop, that's when people started turning on it because everybody realized that Mutiny Radio was getting more views than any of them had ever gone on any of their shitty videos before. It was such a fun little turnaround to watch. Uh, and I joined this call. I said, fuck mutiny. I have, I, I've earned my rights. No, I, <laughs> it's crazy though. I mean, things like that happen. It's, have you ever, you, you live up by Dolores Park? Do you ever, have you downloaded the, the, the citizen app? Have you ever used that? 
You just got it? How are you liking it? Isn't it cool? You guys, you guys know what it says? So basically, it's an app that just is a police blotter on your phone. So it'll give you like, like if a crime is happening in your area, it'll instantly tell you. It'll say like stabbing 300 feet away, like armed robbery 200 feet away. And then it'll show you a little, a little map that like shows you like a red dot where it is. So when you walk through the tenderloin, it just looks like your phone is herpes. Uh, <laughs> you know, and if you... You're just like, oh, but then they're like in the tenderloin, it's kind of redundant. It's like, just look, just put your head up. You're going to see something, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's good because I'm, I'm glad everyone's finally getting to like to see the world, to see San Francisco through my eyes the way I, because this is how I've seen it for a long time because most of my family is cops. Like, I'm one of the only non-cops in my family, so I get to hear all, like, the crazy arrest stories and shit like that. But now everyone gets to see those on Citizen, and they can even, like, go down and view them, right? Like, I got, I got, my girlfriend got a notification that there was, like, a guy harassing pedestrians. Sounds pretty run-of-the-mill, right? It uh, turns out the guy uh, had, it said, like, an additional description is, man has two hooks for hands. <laughs> I was like... Babe, we're going to go check this out. It had it on the map and everything. It was fucking went down. No, the guy was like try, literally trying to pickpocket people with hooks for hands. It was like, I'm going to throw away my TV. Like, I'm just going to use Citizen now. Cops, fuck that. The best part is like, it, there's, a, there's an option for it. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but there's an option for it that when you... Um, if you see a crime in progress, you can live stream it to all other citizen users. Have you watched any yet? Oh, they are precious. Because there's, there's, there's a couple great parts about that. One, it just sends an alert right to your phone, and it's like, watch this. It's like World Star Hip Hop meets Amber Alert. It's like, let's check this shit out, you know? But the best part is, you know whoever's filming that? Didn't call 911. So that crime is going to go on as long as it can, you know? You get to watch that shit unfold. It's really cool. <laughs> oh man uh what else oh speaking of amber alert um good transition uh <laughs> there was one a couple weeks back or a couple months back uh and it actually has a happy ending because what happened was a guy called in an amber alert because his car got stolen and he wanted it found quicker so he told the cops uh falsely that his two-year-old daughter was in the back seat <laughs> this is a hundred percent true story right and the first red flag should have been that it, the car reported stolen was a 2011 silver Mercedes. If you can afford a 2011 silver Mercedes, you can just buy a kid. You don't have to go around kidnapping one. You kidnap a child in a 2001 Toyota Corolla like God intended, right? That's Use that sensible midsize sedan for its purpose. Uh, but I, um, I, 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 when I first heard it, I, like, I was like, God damn, what a fucking despicable piece of shit what a pile of did it work did they, <laughs> they find it i gotta i gotta ask i'm asking for a friend you know it's and they did the police found the car two hours later uh a guy crashed it because guess what he got an amber alert called on him right like <laughs> how bad would you freak out if you're driving this stolen car you think you're away man it's the bay area a fucking stolen car that's a home run pulls out his phone oh fuck Probably like ran out and checked the bumper plate twice, right? He's like, fuck, 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 fuck. It's two things, right? He just found out he's the most wanted man in the Bay Area, right? Two, he thinks there's supposed to be a kid in that car, 
right? <laughs> he doesn't know it's a false Amber Alert. So he's like, fuck, where'd he go? Like, no one's going to believe me that I just lost this child, you know? <laughs> he just went from Grand Theft Auto to JonBenet Ramsey real quick. You know, that's, that's a, is JonBenet Ramsey outdated? Uh, he went from Grand Theft Auto to, what's another dead kid? Can we, let's throw some dead kid names out there. Murdered kids. Uh, Scott Peterson. What about Scott Peterson? No, not Scott Peterson, because he killed his wife, right? Any other? You got some dead kids for me? No? Weak. Weak lineup here at Mutiny, guys. I expect more from the Friday night Mutiny crowd, okay? Oh, man. What else? So do one or two more things, and we'll go. Oh, this is one thing I don't... It's one thing I've been meaning to talk about on stage, but I, I don't know how to make it into a thing, but... Dan, you'll like this. This is a Burning Man story, guys. Uh, are you guys all ready for? Are you, are you familiar with Burning Man? You guys all know. You in San Francisco? Are you guys, anyone here go? Anyone go to Burning Man? No, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of you are just waiting for us to leave so you can finally get to fucking front line of fills in less than five minutes. That's uh, go for it, man. It's it's we all benefit. All right, it's it's we're all working together here. But I just had a funny story because. My second year at Burning Man was the year... I don't know if you've ever seen those tiny little rubber hands you can put on the end of your fingers. Uh, but I just described it, so I feel like I don't have to anymore. It's a tiny little rubber hand you put on the end of your fingers. And uh, they're the funniest thing ever when you're on hallucinogenics. It's easily the funniest thing ever. And uh, the uh, the year of the year I went, people were just handing them out in droves. So there's just people walking around with these things all over. And you're like... You're on acid, like, this is cool. Yeah, like, everybody's their own fractal. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen, right? And then I ended up talking with this girl who was like, yeah, you know, I've been camping next to the medical tent, and uh, there's been a lot of people coming with these uh, stuck-in places. And I was like, that was inevitable. I don't know how... We didn't see that coming because uh, the first thing I would have first thing I would have done instinctively, right, is look how giant my dick looks, right? That's the first instinctually thing. And that would have been like, ha, 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 right? That would have been number two. And I kind of didn't believe her at first, although the, the first thought that ran through my head was like, I want to see that x-ray, right? Like, it's just, hello. <laughs> uh but I was like, I, I kind of played it off like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. There's a bunch of people sticking these in their ass, whatever. But <laughs> then I was at a uh, – I went to this one, like, dance party, you know, and there's this really – there's this gigantic – one of the biggest humans I've ever seen. Giant German dude dancing with this, of course, like, gorgeous blonde woman. And I'm like, just – you know, it, it, there you just feel like telling everybody everything in your mind because you've been high for four days straight. So you just, I just walk up to this guy. I got diarrhea mouth, and I'm like, "Hey, buddy, you're the biggest person ever." That's uh, exactly what I said to him, and he looked at me with a look that was like, "Everybody says this to me," but like playing along. I was like, "Oh, thank, oh yeah, man, like thanks." He was like, "I was like," um, and I like, I felt like I had to do something for him, you know, because I was imposing this on him. So I had I pulled one of my tiny hands out of my pocket. I was like, you think you can even fit one of these on your finger? And he could. He could only do it on his pinky because he's so big. Like it, like it was like stretched all the way around. But it looked hilarious because it was like, it looks like my hand is on the end of his hand. Like that's how big this guy was, right? And then he calls his uh, his girlfriend or wife or whatever. She comes over and she's like laughing about it, ha ha ha. And I realize she doesn't have any bottoms on. And he goes ha 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 and starts tickling her down there and then he goes ha 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 and just goes for it 
pulls out, hands gone. I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this. And I think I might have actually died laughing that day. And everything since then has been a fever dream in heaven. And I thank you guys for coming out and listening to that story. Thanks for hanging out. Give it up for Vishal, everyone. Marty Cunny, everybody. That was amazing. That was so funny. I know what I'm doing next week instead of going to work. I'm just looking at all the daytime crimes that are going on at Fortini Guerrero. Guys, you ready for your headliner? Yes, all right. This man came all the way out from Austin, Texas, took care of Mutiny for the week, and he's going to regale us with a nice end to his week with some amazing comedy. Give it up for Jesse Mundy, everybody. All right, so uh, give me a light couple minutes before 10 o'clock. Our sound guy has been amazing. He uh, he wasn't supposed to be here for this one, but he's, he stuck around, so we want to make sure we get him out of here on time. Um, I've only I've only sent one dick pic in my life. Uh, that was. Uh, that was to my wife. We've been together for 11 years, so I, I didn't really have a smartphone before we were together. I like to think that uh, it's because I'm a good person, but uh, maybe that's why. I, I sent it to her on uh, on Valentine's Day, and the way I decided to do it was I got a box of chocolates, and I cut a hole out of one of the chocolates, and I took a picture of that and I sent it to her and uh, she laughed at it. Uh, I'm pretty lucky that she puts up with my shit. Uh, I'm a stay at home dad. You're absolutely right not to applaud that. My wife carried and gave birth to my child. She gave me my favorite new person in the world and in return, I gave her the opportunity to solely provide for the family. Like, I'll never forget the sheer amount of shame I felt in the delivery room when I realized that the hardest thing I'd ever done was watch my wife do the hardest thing she's ever done. <laughs> Technically, we're both parents, but by that logic, my grandfather and I are both veterans. Because <laughs> he fought in World War II, and I've seen the Blu-ray of Saving Private Ryan. My biggest complaint as a stay-at-home dad is that I don't know what I'm most proud of. The fact that I found a legitimate, guilt-free way to be gainfully unemployed, or the fact that I actually slept my way into a position. <laughs> my kid's three and a half now, which means that the gravy train is about at the end of the line. And it's not just that I don't want to go back to work. I've been burning bridges all over town. Because I've been lining up job interviews in my uh, spare time out of sheer boredom. Why would I do that? It's objectively aw awful to apply for a job. But if you take into consideration the fact that I don't need slash want the job, and that it's 100% a waste of their time, it's amazing. <laughs> Completely flips the power dynamic. 
Like sometimes I'll let them off the hook pretty pretty quickly. I'll come in, uh, take a seat, do the handshake, uh, let them get a few lines into their opening spiel before I, I feign a phone call. And they're like, oh, oh my God, uh, I'm so embarrassed. I thought I turned this off. Let me just, you know what? Actually, I need to take this. Are you a robot? Are you a robot? I know the laws, man. You got to tell me if you're a robot. <laughs> it's a real person. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, that's fantastic news. Yeah, I can start on Monday. No, no. Thank you for the opportunity. You wouldn't believe some of the shitholes I've been interviewing. Oh, speaking of which, uh, can I put you on hold for just a second? Do you validate? But most of the time, it's worth it to keep them on the hook longer because then you get to answer all those bullshit questions they like to ask you. They're like, what's my greatest weakness? Shit, I hate this one. Uh, it's so hard. Uh, maybe uh, my inability to witness my own character flaws are, uh, no, 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 I got it, I got it. It's probably my inability to vote on account of all the felonies. I'm guessing your greatest weakness is the veracity of your background checks. <laughs> or where do I see myself in five years? First of all, what a, an original and thought-provoking question. I'm guessing you're the office cut-up who likes to ask if you're having fun yet, kill yourself. Um, I guess in five years, I'd see myself pretty much in the same place, like this very office, except I'm going to be sitting in that chair. Does it have good lumbar support? Maybe I'll keep the chair, but you're going to be sitting in this chair begging to get back into the company. Now I'm going to be going over the references from the court-mandated sexual harassment sensitivity course you took. Not exactly top of your class, Deborah. Now get the hell out of my office. Usually I've got the kid along with me when I'm, I'm doing these, and she's throwing handfuls of Zen Garden sand around the office and shit, putting putt-putt golf balls in her mouth. While I look them in the eye and tell them that the greatest asset that I'm going to bring to the company is my ability to multitask. And then they ask me why the hell I brought my kid to an interview, and I'm like, isn't it take your kid to work day? No? Well, remember when I told you on the phone that I was going to bring in a few extra references with me? How's daddy doing, kiddo? And then she gives me a choreographed high five and I say out loud to myself, power move. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. I, I think sometimes I have more of the fun. I've stopped correcting her grammatical errors because they're funny to me. I let her walk around the world thinking that the device that kids bring food to school in is called a munch box. <laughs> it's a better name. She thinks the phrase is, you're driving my crazy. It's not correct, but if you think about it, it's not exactly wrong either. <laughs> I like it better. I've started saying it that way because I don't want to lose it. Uh, she's integrated the slang term suck into her vocabulary. She uh, conjugates the verb in a strange way. Like she's playing with this kid the other day. He's kind of bossy, asking her how how it was playing with the kid. She's like, he was really sucking me out. <laughs> it's probably going to be in the Urban Dictionary soon, sucking me out. It's the same thing when she swears. She has one swear. She gets really frustrated at something. She's like, oh, Jesus, crisis. 
you know, that's not, not how the rest of humanity says it, but the unintended hyperbole is on point. And she's like, this is a Jesus level crisis. <laughs> the, the whole overall effect is pretty great. It's like I'm living with a diminutive version of that trope character from a lot of 90s comedy movies. You know, the immigrant who is way more confident in their ability with English than they have a reason to be. And it's like, you are seriously driving my crazy. You have no permit, no permit, yet all over town you drive my crazy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's totally sucking me out right now. It's not all fun. I get pink eye periodically. You know what sucks about getting pink eye as an adult? It's absolutely no upside. <laughs> At least when you were a kid, that was a guaranteed week out of school. It's the holy grail of sick days. When you got back from your little nasty ass vacation and everybody's asking what happened to you, you just tell them all you have mono. Then all of your schoolmates are like, damn, this kid makes out. <laughs> but as an adult, you have to go out into the world. And so every social interaction you have, people are like, damn, this grown ass man got poop in his eye. <laughs> Never mind the fact that 95% of all pink eye cases are viral and of the 5% that are bacterial, Fecal matter is just one of the many causes because at some point in all of our lives we heard that it could be caused by getting poop in the eye and we're like, wait, what? That's the only way people get pink eye, gross. I don't even know why we call it pink eye. Might as well call it brown eye. Everybody's thinking it. You're all thinking it right now. You're like, this guy wears glasses and he still can't keep poop out of his eye. Luckily, pink eye, or conjunctivitis, as nobody calls it. <laughs> you imagine telling somebody else you suffer from conjunctivitis? They'd be like, Jesus, man, I'm sorry. Uh, how many months do you have before your junk falls off? Luckily, pink eye only lasts for up to several weeks, so most of a month wandering around all squinty-eyed like Poop Eye the Sailor Man. <laughs> Still can't figure out how my kid keeps getting poop in my eye. I'm pretty sure that she's doing it intentionally. She's got a really sick sense of humor. Her favorite song is Old MacDonald. Do you ever notice that everything in that song takes place in the past tense? Something unfortunate happened. Old MacDonald had a farm. All we know about him is that he was old. Did he die? On that farm, he had a cow. Did it get hoof and mouth disease and die, resulting in yet another bad financial year for McDonald's? So the bank foreclosed on the land, and now he's homeless and woefully unskilled for a socioeconomic climate that no longer revolves around traditional farming. <laughs> Whatever the case, EIEIO has kind of a celebratory context to it. Like what kind of a son of a bitch was this McDonald that parents are joyfully singing about his tribulations to their children? Like how did he become the scourge of the countryside? Hardly could have been swallowing up surrounding farms, using crooked business dealings and strong arm tactics. He only had one of every type of animal, for Christ's sakes. He's the little guy. His animals seem to run roughshod all over his property, here, there, everywhere, making animal sounds. Did it drive him insane? So that he could be 
found spending his days tilling the fields, wearing overalls made out of all the unfortunate motorists who happened to break down next to his shitty farm, saying things like, would you plow me? I'd plow me. <laughs> Somebody's seen Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> or maybe E-I-E-I-O is just the closest that vowel-laden onomatopoeia can get to the sounds of the salt-of-the-earth geriatric making sweet, non-consensual love to his animals. It would explain why he only had one of every type, so they couldn't tell stories. Look, I'm not condoning his behavior. I'm just bearing witness to his wicked wisdom. It's pretty hard to get a hashtag MooToo campaign off the ground when there's only one cow. Did I say that was my daughter's favorite song? I think that might be my favorite song. Pretty good song. Uh, I'm a pretty reasonable guy. Um, you know, I, I very rarely entertain homicidal fantasies. I do a lot more often than I'm comfortable with because I'm a drinker. And as such, it is not uncommon for me to find myself in a defecatory crisis in a public place. As I make my careful yet urgent shuffle to a public restroom, feeling like a prison visitor who's trying to smuggle in a chisel without the benefit of a baked good, and I kick open that stall door to find my would-be porcelain savior has been sullied with unsavory streams of urine, that's when my imagination self-identifies as murder curious. Oh, I get it. You didn't lift the seat because you thought you were the William Tell of tinkling. And you screwed up and you blew your kids' metaphorical brains all over the place. Well, you don't have to be the Moriarty of minterations to get away with the crime. It's toilet paper right there. It's like robbing a Windex factory and leaving fingerprints everywhere. I come across this problem often enough that statistically speaking, there's at least one of you seat dampening dickwads in the audience right now. And I want to be clear about what I mean when I call you a dickwad. I don't mean a single serving of semen from a dick. I mean a literal balled up wad of dicks. And these aren't just any dicks. These aren't freshly harvested bloody bobbit style dicks. These aren't frozen organ donated cadaver dicks. These dicks were grown in a laboratory on the backs of mice. They've never experienced any joy that a dick might come across in this lifetime. Just sat there flaccid and useless on the backs of rodents occasionally getting stuck in an exercise wheel until one day a scientist came along and he balled them all up into a wad of dicks and the mice are still attached and they're not happy about it so they're all biting each other's back dicks. Yeah, that kind of dickwad. A uh, few months after I started telling that joke, I read in a news story on Facebook, don't question it, uh, that scientists were actually growing replacement peni on the backs of mice. Now, I don't want to go so far as to say that life imitates art, but life definitely imitates dick jokes. <laughs> and I, I know a thing or two about art. I, I used to be in the film industry, uh, by which I mean that I waited tables at an Alamo draft house. Which means that I also know a thing or two about ignorance. I was waiting on this lady one day, and uh, she wanted to order popcorn. How are we doing? She wanted to order popcorn, and so I asked her if she would like any butter on it. 
And in return, she asked me if 